Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. Heaven, the final destination, and we're just going to look at a bunch of passages today. So that's the, the message title, and here's the thing I want you to take away from the message. Heaven is real, so we're not talking about something that's made up. Heaven is real, and we're going to get there. We are going to get home, and I'm going to walk us through some text that I believe is going to show that. So then, if this is where we're going, we want to know, what's it like? If this is where we're going to spend eternity, what's it, what does it look like? What is it going to be like. So here's the first thing. I'm going to try to move decently quick. Heaven is a perfect kingdom. Heaven is a perfect kingdom. Matthew 13 says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but when, it, when grown, it's taller than the garden plants and becomes a tree. And so you get this picture that, 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 have, that the kingdom is growing. It's a kingdom. Here's a picture of our boy Eiffel. He's our, which one? He's the third, right? Yeah, third. I, I blank. Don't ask me his birthday. So this is, we call him Goose. This is, this is Eiffel. This is, a, you know, a, a few years back. And you can see he's got his, come back a minute. He's in his, his, he's in his car seat, you know, ready for impact. He's ready to go. But this is him young. But here's a picture of Goose now. And you can tell I gave him all my hair. Right? Like, but Goose was growing. And he would sort of go to bed and he'd come out just a little bit taller and taller and taller. But we didn't see it. We, it wasn't like you could see him sort of stretching out at the, at the dinner table and whatnot. He was, he was growing and we couldn't see it. I'm giving you this illustration because the kingdom of God is like that. It's growing even though you cannot always see it. And here's what you got to understand. It's an unshakable kingdom. It's an unshakable kingdom, it's a, and it's got a perfect king, right? There's, we've seen kings and rulers who aren't perfect. They're evil, they're wicked, they're mean, they abuse their people. Not our king, not God. He's a perfect and good king, and, and, and he rules over all. This kingdom rules over all. And so you're like, why are you telling me this, Mar? Why, why are you pushing this into us? I'm telling you it because I want to give you confidence, and I want to give you peace in your life. That's why I'm telling you that. I want you to know that you are a part of a kingdom that wins. You're part of a kingdom that is growing. God is building his kingdom and you, are given, you have given your life to the right king. And so you stay committed and trusting. Here's this next one. Heaven is a lasting city. Hebrews 13 says, we do not have an enduring city here. Instead, we seek the one to come. There's a city coming. This is speaking of the heavenly Jerusalem. And, and it's a lasting city because its builder is God. And it's a perfect city. Revelation 
21 says, the, the city, nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those written in the Lamb's book of life. It's a perfect city. In this city, there's no drug addiction. In this city, there's no pollution. In this city, there's no domestic violence. In this city, there's no gentrification, just pushing those who are poor out of neighborhoods. In this city, there's no gun violence. And in this neighborhood, in this city, there's a lot of that. But in this city, there's none of that. In this city, there's no broken relationships. There's restored, good, healthy relationships. And so you hear this, you're like, this, this beautiful city that we look forward to, and I'm, I'm longing for that. Should we then not care about our current city? If this city is not going to last, if the cities we live in are, are going to pass away, should we not care? Oh, no, no, no. We need to care. We need to care because people are in the city. Jeremiah says, pursue the well-being of the city. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. For when it thrives, you will thrive. When the city does well, you do well. And so he says, pray for the city. Now, this is a passage that's spoken to the people of Israel first. We've got to make sure we think about our Bibles the right way. This doesn't come to us first. It comes to the Israelites first. But here's the thing I want to tell you. The principle still applies that we are to care for our city. We pray for the city. We engage in our city politically when we, and we vote responsibly, right? We're, we're pay attention. What's that politician saying? What's that MP saying? What, what is going on in my city? Where am I going to put my vote? Because that does matter. We pay attention. We engage. We build relationships. You get to know your neighbors. Get to know the people around you. God didn't put you next to them by accident. And you tell them of Jesus Christ. You keep the city clean, right? Sometimes you look around, there's trash everywhere. If you're on your street and you see some trash, pick it up. Keep it clean. Start businesses. Go into the city and, 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 and apply yourself. That'll give people an opportunity to find work. Be a good employee. If you're a boss, be a good boss. God wants that. Tell people the gospel. Start churches and revitalize churches. We are to be doing these things. You want to partner with organizations in the city that are doing good work. Organizations that are helping the homeless. Helping people who are on the street in our cities, who are equipping new immigrants who come to our cities. I'm, I'm an immigrant. My grandma came here and then the other family members came after that. And honestly, my first day here in Canada, do you know what it was doing? It was snowing. And I cried in the airport. <laughs> I'm not that, If my sister was here, you could ask her. Because we left Jamaica, the greatest country in the world, by the way. <laughs> That's right. Say hallelujah. It's okay. Don't leave me up here. I, I got to, Sean, come on. We got to, that's right. We are a talking kind of church. It was 27 degrees. Beautiful. And, they, and you lift off the plane and you're like, this captain is stealing me from my home. But people who are new to, and they have to transition, they have to figure out life here. We are, there's, there's organizations doing that. We need to be willing to participate, to help people. Organizations that are supporting single parents, 
that are working in community housing, that are mentoring the next generation. This is how we love and serve our city. This is how we bring glory to God and say, yes, this is a place that is passing away. We understand that, but while we are here, we are gonna be good, solid witnesses of the gospel and represent God well. We serve, that's how we obey. Then this next one, heaven is a prepared home. Listen to Jesus on this. Listen to him just blessing you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. Just think about that. There is more than enough space for all of us in heaven. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Jesus is there right now. Preparing a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. Heaven is real and we're going to get there. You see it? That you may be there with me. And notice the phrase, in my father's house. That is just another way of saying heaven. In my father's house are many rooms. That should also tell you that heaven is the place where God dwells. It's the dwelling place of God. Now I want you to know, God's not in heaven laying on a hammock drinking a ting. You're with me, right? He's working. He, he's, he's getting some things done. You're like, how? Well, let me show you. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. He's, you can write these down. He's reigning over all. Psalm 99, verse 1. God is reigning. He is guiding his perfect plan. Psalm 33, verse 10. He is shepherding his people. Y'all know this one. Psalm 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me, shepherding us, guiding his people. And he's providing for all creation. Psalm 36, verse six. Here's the thing. Even the unbeliever, even the person who hates God, even the person who thinks God does not exist, God is giving them breath. Just look up the scriptures. That's what you're told. God, it, God, it says that God makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust alike. God is good to all, even the people who don't like him. Because he's that kind, providing for all creation. He's not just up there hanging out. He is working. The Father is working and the Son is working. It's right in front of you. No, come back. That I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus is working. If the Lord took you home early today, you have nothing to fear. Do you know why? Your home is ready. The place for you is prepared. Jesus is getting it ready. He says, and look at the promise in the text. I will come again to take you to myself. What's the, that's a promise of his return. I will come again to get you. And that's why this was up here. This is what we can sing right now. Though I may not see what the future brings, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. That's a part of the reality that we live with. Though I may not see what the future brings, I will watch and wait for the Savior King. Then my joy complete, standing face to face 
in the presence of the ancient of days. Heaven is real and you're going to get there. And our joy will be complete because we will experience our salvation in full. New, glorified bodies that don't break down. I'm telling you, I'm asking for hair as soon as I see Jesus. I want to go to the barber. An eternity in the presence of God. And then this next one, heaven is a place of love. Heaven is a place of love. First Corinthians says, love never ends. Love never ends. Love will go on into eternity. It is a place of love. And here's the thing. We get to practice it now. Amen. Jesus says, love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. It's what we're going to do for eternity and we get a chance to start practicing it now as a church, now as a people. And we do this by counseling each other. Life is full of ups and downs. Life is full of struggles. And there are times where we're going to have to sit down with one another and just, and just give a word and give advice, and walk with each other through life. And Pastor Yogi said this last week, in order to love each other this way, we have to know each other. We have to be willing to, to, to introduce ourselves and, and spend some time with one another. We can give wise counsel. And then sometimes we have to correct each other. We don't always get everything right. And that includes the pastor. And sometimes we have to sit one another down and say, brother or sister, you are going this way, and the Lord's saying you need to go that way. And we have to be humble enough. Well, it takes two things. We have to be courageous enough to speak the truth in love, and we have to be humble enough to receive it. And when we're living like that, we're being like Jesus. That this just always, Anthony said this to me one time, Marv, we always have to be ready to be corrected because we're, we're people who are in process. And so we gotta be ready that somebody's going to speak into my life at some point and the Lord wants me to receive it and he's saying it to me because he wants me to grow and he wants me to change. We also need to disciple each other. That's how we love one another. I've learned some things and so I wanna pass those things on to you and then I'm asking you to pass that on to somebody else. That's what Jesus wants in the family, helping each other grow doctrinally and how we live our lives. Then we also need, we love each other by sharing. I'm just, all I'm telling you is things that you saw. If you go to Acts, this is what you see going on in the early church, sharing with one another. We're gonna be in need at different times. Sometimes all we need to do is just share our presence with a person. They just want somebody there. We do it also by welcoming each other, right? There's people in our church, you're, you're thick. You know each other real well, but new people are coming. Have eyes open for them. Welcome them in. Join them in the family. Say, if you're going to settle here, we want to know you. We want you to feel like this is a place of love because we're going to a place of love. We also love each other by gathering together. I've been on this a little bit because it's important to me. There, I, I've said this, I think, a couple, a couple times. There's far too many people in our church family not coming to services. Again, we need to be wise. We're going to follow all those rules and restrictions that are there, but we miss you. And our congregation is, senses that when you're not there. I could say some names, but I don't want to do that. But let's 
encourage each other to gather together. I, I'm blessed by, you know, I woke up this morning and I'm just like, man, I could just go back to bed, right? Don't think I don't feel that sometimes, right? You see the weather, the bed's warm, all that kind of stuff, but look, you took a step of faith and you came to be with the saints. That is good. It's a way we love one another as we listen to each other sing and sit under the word. It's healthy and we need to encourage our congregation to take that step. And I want to say, of the, of the things that I, I mentioned, that list that I gave, I do believe our church is doing that really well. You know, I was, we were talking to a, a pastor this week, and he, was, and he was saying, tell me one thing that me and Shay and uh, Jermaine were at a meeting. He said, tell me one thing that your, your church is really great at. And uh, Shay and Jermaine said, they're just like, the church is really is good at loving each other. So hear me, this is not a rebuke as much as it's an exhortation to say, keep doing what you're doing. We're doing this well. And, and when it gets hard, remember this, we love because he first loved us. Let the gospel motivate and drive that love when it's hard. And it will get hard. But let the gospel do its work. Here's this last one. I think it's the last one. Heaven is a beautiful garden. Heaven is a beautiful garden. This is coming to you from Luke. Come back, just come back, sorry. Says then one criminal hanging there began yelling insults at him. Said, aren't you the Messiah? So Jesus is hanging on the, on the cross, giving his life for our sins. And, and this, 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 this thief on the cross is just, berating him. He says, save yourself. He's like, aren't you the Messiah? Come down off of the cross. Jesus is like, because I am the Messiah, that's why I'm staying on the cross. He says, but the other answered, rebuking him, don't you even fear God since you are undergoing the same punishment? We are punished justly because we're getting back what we deserve for the things that we did. Here's one of the first steps in repentance. Acknowledging the innocence of Jesus Christ and the sinfulness of humanity. That we are a sinful people, that we do deserve to be punished for our sin, but God in his grace and love puts that punishment on Jesus Christ. He says he has done nothing wrong. If you read the gospels, what you see over and over is that there's this presentation of the innocence of Jesus, of the willingness of Jesus to give himself for us, that he, he's being unjustly punished, but he says nothing because he says, I want to save and rescue Marv. I want to save and rescue Victor. I want to save and rescue Jen. I want them to be in heaven with me. So I'm laying down my life for them. Does nothing wrong, but willingly gives himself. So then he said, Jesus, look at the humility of this man. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. See the idea there again? Heaven is a kingdom. And he said to him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now here's what's interesting about this word paradise. Do you know what this word actually is? It's the word garden. Today you will be, Jesus looks at him and he's hanging there. And he says, today you will be with me in the garden. Now that word should trigger something in your mind. It should trigger Genesis. Because in Genesis, Adam and Eve sin. Don't put that up here. Adam and Eve sin. And, <laughs> sorry, I'm just, <laughs> I can't help myself. Adam and Eve sin and they get sent out. 
They get sent out of the garden and, then, and, and really representing all humanity. And then when you're reading Genesis, the door is locked and guarded. So what's the Bible telling you? There is no way back in. That's how it looks. That there's actually no hope. That there's no way of us getting back in. But then God says this. Give it to him, Mahalad. This is good. The Lord said to the serpent, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head. This is God saying this to Satan, saying Jesus will strike your head and you will strike his heel. When Jesus is hanging on the cross, all Satan is doing is striking his heel. But you know what Jesus is doing? He is striking his head. He is crushing the head of Satan. His life and ministry destroys the work of the devil. And when Jesus is hanging on the cross and he dies in our place, do you know what he does? He opens the door to the garden. He makes it so that you and I, that everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ can go back home. That's why I told you heaven is real and you're going to get there. When you put your faith in Christ, he puts you on the journey home. And you're going to make it home. One reggae artist, one Christian reggae artist said it like this, in my father's house is where I'm gonna be. We are adopted in the royal family. And I love this line. And the deal is already done. And he ain't lying. Second Timothy says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil work. God will rescue you from every, and he will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. I keep telling you, the Bible is always trying to encourage you and give you peace that through all the ups and downs, that no matter what, that if you are holding on, trusting in Christ, that if you have faith, you are going to make it into the heavenly kingdom, a perfect kingdom with a perfect king. Heaven is real and you're going to get there. And now you should be asking, what should we do though while we wait? What should we do? Well, a couple things. You should obey your king. You live in obedience to what God says. You remind yourself of this reality when days are tough. Tough days will come. You remind yourself of this reality. You love and serve your spiritual and physical family. You love and serve the church and you love and serve those who are your blood relative. You, you be a solid and God-honoring citizen in the city, somebody who people can respect, somebody who sets a good example for those around them. And then this last one, you be a courageous and compassionate witness of the gospel. If we are going to this beautiful reality, we should want everyone to be there with us. We should want no one to miss out on what God has promised. And so we faithfully witness and trust God to do his work. Stand with me as we pray. Father, we give you thanks, Lord God, for uh, your, your word. It takes us across, Lord, the, we went across the range of scripture today to, to hear from you. And I pray, God, that what we have heard would have been a help to us. I pray, Father, that our hearts would be 
deeply encouraged by what you have spoken, Father God, from your word. I pray for those, Lord, who need comfort and peace that that, uh, this word and the songs that we have sung and the fellowship that we will have together would bring that uh, to them. Lord, we give you praise for your kindness. We give you praise for bringing us uh, together as as a flock. We thank you, Lord God, that you have sustained us. We thank you, Father, that we know you are guiding us and we give you praise because we know you will bring us safely home. And so we just pray, Lord God, for confidence. We pray for trust. We pray for a real sense of your presence at all times in this moment and in the moments to come. And we pray, God, that you would help us as a church and as a people to bring glory to your name and that we'd rest secure in our coming reality. God, we can pray this to you because Jesus Christ Your son gave his life and has given us access to you at all times and has secured for us a perfect heavenly home. Give us patience, Lord, as we wait. In Jesus' name, amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.